It's goosebump time in Oxford, Mississippi. Hey, what's up? It's Podcast Rebellion. We're back at it again. Week two, Legal Gambling Council. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, as always, Austin Gray, Ben Woodhouse, Nicholas Carr. Week one is in the books. Uh, quote unquote, week one for college football. It was, uh, it was, it, look, it was football. Um, and the fam went four and four across the board. So can't complain about that. Uh, running through the uh, the standings here, Mr. Carr is out in front, two and zero on the week. Uh, myself and Austin both went one and one, and Ben, last year's champion, zero and two out of the gate. Ben, how are you feeling coming out? Uh, coming out whiffing. You know, I, I, I'm just really trying to make it a little bit close. I'm a fourth quarter team, right? Uh, this, I am. It's not. Uh, a, it's have, not a marathon. Yeah, that's that. You have it's it's to, not a sprint. It is a marathon. Yes, you have to. You have to play the game and then go in at halftime and reassess how everything's how everything is played out, and you come back out with a new game plan. I I do not. I am the anti Houston Knight. I do not come out in the third quarter receive the kickoff and then call timeout. I do not do that. We, we are ready. We're prepared. Um, going forward, it's going to be, it's going to be a good year. I, in all seriousness, um, I did not prepare at all. On top of that, I did not expect Middle Tennessee to play like that. I, I just, I didn't. And, and um, frankly, it, it, it floored me, but you know, they're, they're soft and, and army just kind of, Kind of bullied them all up and down the field. It's tough, tough for a uh, tough in a COVID season to boot. But triple option team week one on the road, not easy. Nick two and zero coming out the gate. Uh, obviously came out hot. Hit the under in the SMU um, Texas State game, and then hit the under in the Memphis Arkansas State game. Just what are your thoughts after just a? Uh, I mean, literally just untouchable week one. No, it's perfect week one is what it is. I mean, just just unders all day. It's probably going to be unders more again this week. Actually, I, I think I'm on one over, so maybe not maybe not unders all day. But there's been some ugly football, and I'm I'm proud to be uh, able to make some money off of it. As we uh, Austin's going to be joining us momentarily, we'll get his thoughts um, here in a moment. But uh, as we turn our attention to week two, more games. Uh, we've got some decent games here and there um there's one tonight we won't be picking tonight because it will be unfair to you the listener for us to give you a lock that for a game that has already happened uab at miami tonight this one should be fun uh uab coming off their week one victory um zero positive covid uh tests so that is based that's far and away the biggest deal for uab is for the whole team to be healthy uh i I did see they did have a couple guys test positive but they're they're fine but they did not travel they stayed home um so after their week one win no positive tests taking on the hurricanes we can do kind of a mini preview of this game tonight i'm seeing the spread at uh miami minus 14 uh, the over/under is 54 and a half. Uh, Bill C's got the projected margin at 15 for the Canes. 
Uh, what do you guys think with, I mean, kind of some new life there for Manny Diaz and the Hurricanes. Got De'Eric King transferred in as the quarterback. Uh, I don't know if Tate Martell is still there, if he has any eligibility left. Don't know how. That dude been in college like nine years. Um, but Tathan. Huh? Tathan Martell. Yeah, yeah. He's got, <laughs> call him by his government name. Um, yeah. <laughs> Derek King, a lot of hype. Uh, it, Manny Diaz is. It, I, I don't feel like he's at the put up or shut up year yet, especially since it's COVID year and it's this should never count against somebody's career. But um, what do you guys think? Do the Blazers have a shot down in uh, in South Beach? Uh, I mean, them playing their second game of the year is a big deal. We saw last week how how well Central Arkansas played against UAB because they were in their second game. Uh, so playing in the second second game of the, of the season is a big deal. Miami's on their first game. But, I mean, the talent level, the talent difference there is going to be huge. The line's up. You said Bill, Bill C's got it at 15. The line's actually up to 15 and a half. So, I mean, talk about just absolutely, you know, no value at all in that pick. Uh, I'd probably lean I'd probably lean Miami just because I, I think the talent gap is going to be pretty large. I do think it's going to be a, a kind of an ugly game to start. But, I mean, all, all that means is, you know, Miami's up 10 and, and scores a touchdown in the middle of the fourth quarter, and then, mm-hmm. and then their defense plays well, that, and that's a cover. You know, I – I like the uh, I like UAB to cover here. I think that the line or the score in the game against UCA is a little bit misleading for UAB. They they had two they had a few big turnovers. Uh, Central Arkansas didn't have to. It's not like they drove the ball up and down the field on UAB. I I think you I think Miami wins the game. I think UAB covers. Um, UAB just I just I like the Blazers. You know, I, I think that – I don't think that uh, um, Miami's going to uh, – did you say when I was 14 even? Bill C. has it's 15 14, and a half. and then Nick said it's jumped up to 15 and a half. 15 and a half, yeah, give me the points. I'll take UAB plus the points. Yeah, I think yeah. this is uh, definitely an underplay here if you're going to play it, if you're somehow listening to this live, or if we get this up before uh, – the game kicks off at, at 8 p.m. I think unders the play here, but yeah, I kind of a weird one because Derek King could go off and then it could be a little tricky. Yeah, that that would be my fear, Zach. If I were were betting this one, as as Nick said, I think most of the value is gone from the opener. I think it opened at 13 and a half and at 52, and have since we've since crossed a couple of key numbers, both with the spread and the total. Um, I do think it's worth noting, as Nick said again here, that, that this will be UAB's second game, but um, this is a serious step up in class from Central Arkansas to Miami. Derek, Derek Keene been, you know, chunking the ball around in practices. If we can believe practice reports, you know, he's throwing it for like 400 yards and six touchdowns every time they practice. Um should be a pretty wide open offense for Miami, unlike what we've seen from them in years past, or at least the uh, recent history. And they're going to have athletes all over the field on both sides of the ball. I wouldn't feel great about backing UAB here. It's a stay away for me. But um, you would think that Diaz and Miami want to impress in week one with all the hype in the offseason and the transfers that they've gotten. Um, I can see the Canes running away with it. But again, I think the value is gone. I'd stay away. Okay. Can I? 
I want to interject it, not that as if Central Arkansas is a great uh, program, but just to clarify on what I was saying earlier, UAB won by 10. Central Arkansas, now I realize that you, if you turn the ball over, you're not a good football team. UAB threw an interception. Central Arkansas ran it back to the four and then scored to go down 14-7. UAB raced to 28-7 and then uh, muffed a punt in the red zone that UCA scored. And then UCA scored another turnover. So we're talking about 21 points off of turnovers to get 45. To th- I mean, uh, it would still be 45 to 14, even if UCA got no points. I know you can't do that. I just don't think that UAB, I think some people kind of jumped off of them quickly. And I'm not saying that they're world beaters, second best team in Alabama kind of deal. But I do think getting 15 and a half points is a lot until Miami really, really steps up their game. I, I'm taking the points. I'm with you, though, Austin. I, I would stay away. I mean, this is a this is degeneracy right here. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It was a that was a fluky score from last week. If you didn't watch that game, you would think that UCA was much more competitive than they actually were. UAB sort of kept them in it. You know, played with their food a little bit. Um, so no, I think that's a I think that's a fair assessment. All right, as we turn our attention to this week's slate, I'm going to uh, turn things over. To, uh, well, before we do that, Austin, I you joined us a little, little late. I, I I gave everybody their their chance at uh, giving their thoughts on week one, how they did. You joined me in going one and one. How did you feel about your picks? And uh, you know, tied for second with uh, yours truly um, after week one in the standing. So how are we feeling? You know, 500 is okay. I'll take it. It could be worse, obviously. It could be better. I do feel vindicated that, you know, Southern didn't cover and then they fired their coach. So take that, Jay Hobson. Um, (laughs) Otherwise, just look to get better week by week. As we've said offline, I do worry that these lines are going to be sharp as hell throughout the year, particularly in Power 5 games because, you know, Vegas and the offshore groups are not having to handicap – you know, group of five matchups all over the country when you have entire conferences canceling their seasons, teams dropping like flies left and right. It's going to feel a lot more like NFL gambling. So we need to bump it up above 500, but um, I'll take it for week one. All right. Before we jump in to our locks of week two, we're going to take a quick break to hear from the lovely sponsors. Uh, and we haven't done this in a while. We haven't implored you to do it because times have been tough. People have been stuck at home, uh, quarantining, social distancing. Uh, as things start to return um, to, you know, quote unquote normal, uh, if you get out there, make sure to uh, support your local businesses, get out there and, you know, tip your servers, tip your delivery people. Uh, anything you can do to help those folks out because, uh, I mean, last week is any indication. I mean, Labor Day was a holiday for, for most of us, but not all of us. Uh, you know, those those folks are out there working hard and uh, helping us, um, you, you know, have some kind of normalcy when things were shut down for the last, you know, three or four months. So, uh, you know. Our sponsors, if you can go to go to LB's and, and say what's up to Greg and the folks, you, you know, go in there, grab you some meat. If, you can, if you're in Memphis, go to Second Line, go to Restaurant Iris, go to Fino's on the Hill, say hey to Kelly and the fam up there. Um, and yeah need a vehicle you you know you're you're wanting to spice things up now that uh you can get out a little bit more go go say hey to Corey and the folks at Corey clark uh 
uh, Ford and Chevrolet and, you know, just get out there and, and, and say hey to the folks and, and do what you can. I'm not, you know, you don't have to do all of that. You don't have to buy a car and go eat out, but, but you know what I mean. So quick word from the sponsors. And then when we get back, we will give you some picks. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments Part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high-rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, Ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you 
to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. in the Legal Gambling Council Week 2. Gentlemen, I'm just going to jump in here with my first lock. Um, now, you know, now I'm going to keep it fair. Nick, I, I'm going to throw, I, like we always do, I'm going to throw you the keys, crank up the old podcast rebellion, Winnebago, and uh, take us through the uh, the slate. Now, we have omitted UAB at Florida, at Miami, um, but just go ahead and kick us off and uh we'll jump right in all right well it is not the best week but we do have football we've got big school football uh most of the big 12s opening up this week texas plays oklahoma plays if you want to get that on pay-per-view um notre dame clemson the acc they all start this week there's a little bit of conference play so it's a it's a it's a marked step up from last week. Um, we'll actually start off with a conference game, and that is Syracuse goes to North Carolina. This is a big spread here. It's it started at nineteen and a half, and I've got it up to twenty three. North Carolina minus twenty three, and the over under at sixty five and a half. Wow. No respect for Dino and the boys. Yeah, they were they had a tough year last year, and I think I think in in a normal year. Babers is probably on the hot seat, and he might still be even with all this. So they've got a lot to prove this year. Yeah, I, I'll jump in here first. I the 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 spread, you got it at what twenty two, twenty three, twenty three. That's a little high for me. I, I do think that that Dino and and the Orange uh, will rebound and have a better better year, albeit in a shortened ten game season. But uh, he's he's a good coach, and uh, they they've kind of built a pretty steady competitive program up there in uh in the great white northeast um in the carrier dome but i would say the un i'd probably go under here under 65 i i i think that they'll have a solid defensive plan for Lil fongo and and uh sam howell so uh, i'm gonna go under 65 in this game i i don't know <sighs> I, I mean I could see like a forty to you know forty to twenty win something like that, and that still gets you the under. So I I take the under here if I was you. Yeah, I mean, forty to sixty four is also under. I, I would yeah I like that too. I I, I lean towards uh, towards Syracuse just because a conference game in week one when both teams are pretty you know they haven't practiced a ton. Both teams are probably going to be pretty sloppy. I mean twenty four is a beatdown. How many games that didn't involve Alabama last year, Alabama or LSU, you know, in, in the, at least in the SEC, were a 24-point mm-hmm. spread? It, it, there weren't a ton, and they mostly involved Vanderbilt. And I don't think Syracuse is Vanderbilt. So I'd probably take the orange here. Um, I'm not definitely not locking up anything. So Syracuse gave up 
30.7 points per game last year. Um, playing against Phil Longo, I, I, I do think there's going to be a lot of scoring. I'm going to take the points, though. I, it's just so many points. Like you said, Nick, this, unless that – Unless the conference team is Arkansas or Vanderbilt, I just can't, I cannot give, uh, or I cannot lay three over three touchdowns to a in to a conference opponent unless my uh, favorite is one of about six teams in the country. North Carolina is not ever going to be able to be one of those six teams in the country. Um, yeah, give me Syracuse. I. I don't know that I would lock it. I mean, as far as a lock of the week, but I would take the orange. Yeah, I, I share the reluctance to lay this many points with a team like North Carolina. They're they're obviously not a blue blood program. They don't have a pedigree or a history of just throttling people like this. So I think in conference, this is their biggest spread since 2012, 2011, something like that. I read it earlier. Um so this is uncharted waters for every guy on this roster and most of this coaching staff. Um, I wouldn't really trust Phil Longo to protect a big lead either. I mean, that's another that's thing to consider. Great point. Great. Um, you know, he doesn't really execute a four-minute offense or, hell, for that matter, an eight-minute offense. You know, I mean, it's going to be 900 miles an hour up and down the field no matter what the score is. But, you know, you can let folks back in the game, especially a team like um, Syracuse coached by Babers who is equally as competent, at least from a coaching perspective, on the offensive side of the ball. I will say this, though. Syracuse's starting running back opted out due to COVID. Their second-string running back opted out due to COVID. I think a starting linebacker has opted out due to social justice concerns or in protest of those issues. So seems like their locker room is probably not in a good headspace right now. I don't think they had um, – much spring practice. I think they only had three practices in the spring. They're installing a three-three-five defense. Um, so again, I, I would never lay the, these points. Actually, put real American dollars on this. But if I have to pick, I think I'm going to lay them with UNC, just because I feel better about their talent at this point. Um, I think from a coaching perspective, it's a pretty good matchup, pretty even matchup. But from a talent standpoint, UNC has sneakily recruited pretty well over the last couple of years, shockingly without many pundits in the national media objecting to their recruiting success. Weird. Um, but they uh, they've got some they've got some players. I mean, I, I think they're going to be upper tier in the ACC this year. Um so I would lay them, but again, I, it's a complete stay away. I, don't don't bet on this game. If you want to feel good about North Carolina, uh, and, and we will, we'll get we'll move past North Carolina Syracuse soon, but they return ninety six percent of their snaps at quarterback, eighty eight percent of their snaps at running back, eighty seven percent of their snaps at wide receiver, and seventy five percent of their snaps on the offensive line. So, I mean, they, they return a ton from offense. I mean, I think Sam Howell was. Uh, Freshman of the year last year, uh, maybe in the in the conference. If not, he was he was all all ACC freshman quarterback at least. Uh, so I don't. Yeah, not to interrupt you, Nick. I don't want this to come across as hyperbolic. But Austin made the best point that I forgot to say. In order for Phil Longo to cover twenty three points, they're going to have to score eighty because <laughs> he's going to continually give the ball back to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I mean that. Like and quickly, and give it to him quickly. 
scoring key and keep scoring. Yes. There will be no there will be no time management here. Yeah. Uh, uh, no doubt, no doubt. All right, let's keep it in the uh, ACC. Uh, the next game we've got is at 2:30, I believe, Central Time. Uh, Georgia Tech at Florida State. I think they said Florida State's going to have about 20% of the uh, the expected crowd there, so not exactly a hostile atmosphere. Uh, over under 52, and the spread is Florida State minus 12 and a half. I I would lay the points here. I lean towards taking the more talented, more explosive team. Uh, James Blackman is back for the Seminoles and for Mike Norvell and his new, you know, up-tempo offense that, I mean, Florida State's just been stuck in the mud, it seems, for years um, when Willie Taggart was there. And I I think Norvell's going to do a nice job there. The expectations are much higher in Tallahassee than they were in the Bluff City. But uh, I expect them to kind of have their way with uh, with Jeff Collins and Georgia Tech. I think uh, they're still limited. They're, they're not running the triple option anymore. But, man, that's just a tough transition to just completely change a program like that and, you know, tip your cap to him for, for taking on that challenge. But I think that Florida State's just going to be able to a- out-athlete them. And uh, I would probably – I'd lay them here. Uh, the under is a play as well, but minus 12.5, just two scores there. Um, two touchdowns, I should say. Give me that. I'll take uh, – I'll just leg them. You locking it up? No, not locking it up. Uh, still not – I still want to see what Norvell and them look like. Uh, yeah. Like we always say, you know, returning experience doesn't always mean good experience. Yeah, well, so I'm, I'm not going to lock it up. I'm going to go the opposite direction, and I'll, I'm going to take the points. Uh, just looking through what Florida, excuse me, what Georgia Tech returns, ninety percent of their snaps at quarterback, all of their snaps at running back, eighty-one percent uh, wide receiver, and then seventy-six percent on the offensive line. And, and and Ben, you mentioned the other day, maybe returning guys that that aren't good in one year is not a good thing. Uh, but I definitely think in year two uh, that they're they're going to be a, a kind of a big step up. So I'll, I'll take Georgia Tech to cover. I think this one's going to be closer than the experts think. I, I would say like a like a a four to seven point loss for Georgia Tech. Man, y'all got me. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay them here. I, I don't like the line. I, frankly, I think that the the game ends between a ten and fourteen point win for Florida State and. 12 and a half is right there square in the middle of that. I, I just, <clears throat> this is another stay away. And maybe this is just me not being in the swing of things gambling because, you know, we haven't had sports in a while, but um, Mike Norvell's uh, debut, uh, Georgia Tech was three and five against the spread in conference games last year. Um, I'm just going to play that trend line. Not really a lot more to add other than um, as long as Florida State gives James Blackman time, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, from a from a gambling perspective, I don't really have much to add. I'll just say I'm interested to watch the game because I think uh, Collins in his second year, I think we're going to see pretty significant improvement there. They they're starting to flip the roster and get away from those triple option guys. 
Um, and he's got fertile recruiting grounds there in Atlanta. If he can just lock down the state of Georgia, which I know that's a heavy lift with with UGA right there in state too. But if he can make it competitive in, in Georgia, they're going to be okay. And um, I'm interested to see what Norvell does with the Florida State roster. They're going to have Florida athletes up and down that roster. There's still talent there. I mean, I know the results haven't been there over the last couple of years. Um, I'm with Nick. If I'm playing it, I'm going to have to take the points with Georgia Tech. Just I think they keep it tighter than most people think. I almost locked in the over. I think it's sort of a contrarian play. Um, they saw Georgia Tech, you know, sort of – uh, get stuck in the mud last year in many of their games offensively they were they were far from impressive but i trust norvell to get into the 30s mid 30s probably maybe high 30s you don't you're not asking for much at that point from georgia tech to go over 52 so um i like the over and i like the points but i'm not going to lock in either here's something else to consider talking about norvell scoring with no official visits and no real way to recruit in person i think a lot of teams in their opener are trying to get some, create some buzz, get some excitement going. You know, Norvell is going to want to hang a 50 burger if he can. So I, there's going to be some fireworks with with offenses if they get it going. I don't see anybody holding back out of out of you know respect for for the the folks on the other side. I, I think uh, if if Norvell can do it, he's going to put up some points. So that's a that's a thing to keep in mind as well, not just with Florida State, but with everybody. Uh, yeah. All right. We'll keep it in the ACC again. And I'm kind of skipping around here from a time perspective, but wanted to, to keep the conference games at least that we've got here. Uh, this one is uh, where game day is going to be. I uh, don't think this one will be close. It's Clemson minus 33 at. So that's minus 33 Ooh. on the road at Wake Forest over under 60. And before anyone else can say anything, I'm locking in the under. I'll tell you why. Wake Forest returns 19% of their uh, their snaps at quarterback, 47 at running back, 27 uh, wide receiver, and 49% uh, up front. They lose Newman, who's not only you know the 13 game starter last year, Jamie Newman, who you know transferred to Georgia and is and is now opted out. He was also their leading rusher. They lose their next leading rusher, and then they lose their top five wide receivers. Mm. What part of that tells you that they're <laughs> going to score at all? Clemson's Against not going to beat. Yeah, I don't think that Clemson's going to beat someone sixty-three to nothing in in the first week, but I think they could beat them forty-nine to seven, or I think they could beat them, you know, forty-five to zero. I really don't see Wake Forest doing anything at all offensively. I think ten or fourteen is their max. I don't think Dabo has any reason, especially in, in 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 you know with the short camp. I don't think he has any reason to run up the score. I don't expect them to. And, and and Wake Forest, I will probably put up a decent effort defensively just from kind of being a game day, you know, first game of the season. And they do return a lot on defense. They return 96% of their snaps up front and, and 83% at, at, at a linebacker. So I think this is a lower scoring, you know, 45 to 7, 45 to 10 type game. Lock in the under 60. I like that. Um, kind of echo, or first, I have a question. Is this the first time that? That Winston Salem has hosted game day. Yep, yep, with no fans. Wow! All right, man, that sucks for them uh, yeah, to have sucks. it finally. Uh, but hey, Winston Salem's dope. I don't know if you guys have ever been up there. That's a cool. It's a cool spot. I like. Uh, I like uh, the Dub S. I don't know if they call it that, but um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they Clemson, should. They should. They should. Yeah, print it on a shirt. 
<laughs> Clemson's gonna just have their way. I, Nick already laid it out there for you. He gave you all the ingredients. It's no Jamie Newman, no real explosive playmakers on offense, and Clemson's Clemson. They've got five stars for days on defense, uh, and then Trevor Lawrence is going to be a man on a mission this year. Um, he's been very vocal about uh, losing his first college game against um, LSU last year. First college game as a starter. I don't know if he lost one is coming in, but either way. Uh, they're going to be motivated to uh, get back to the college football playoff, and I think that this is just step one in that process. So, yeah, Clemson, Clemson big. I, yeah, Nick's taking the under. So, yeah, they could win 42 nothing, um, which could be very likely. But uh, but shout-out to the Demon Deacons for uh, for getting game day. Good for them. Um, I'm going to keep this brief because you all have covered it. Clemson rolls here. Lock it in for me. 33 points is too low. They are All going right. to destroy Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson. Uh, I know Nick, uh, excuse me, Clemson. I know that uh, you said Dabo has no reason to run it up. I agree. I don't think Clemson's going to have a choice. I think that they could run it up with their backups. This is going to be. This is going to be an Alabama Ole Miss 2017-2018 type where they can't help but score. Um, I And I think Wake Forest might put up a fight early, but they just start rolling in the third quarter and put it out of reach. Um, 33 points is, it, again, it is just too low. Clemson was 8-1 against the spread in conference play last year, beat Wake Forest 52-3 to with that quarterback. So, um, yeah. yeah, just – Lay them hard, lock it in, put the mortgage on it, put your car on it, <laughs> you know, put the farm on it. Hey, if you lose your car, Wait, you just go to Clark Ford. Yeah, That's it. exactly. And when I said that, I don't think they'll run it up. I mean, like, they won't score 70 themselves. They will run it up. They have no reason not to. But I just don't think that they themselves will break 60, and I don't think that Wake Forest is going to break 10. Yeah, this is going to be a bloodletting I, I, look, so the last two years, as Ben noted, last year is 52-3, to three, and that was a pretty good Wake team by Wake standards. The year before, Clemson beat them 63-3. to three. So they've put up five in two in back-to-back years against <laughs> Clemson. Um, I, I don't like their oh, – I'm sorry, six, six, my bad. So I, I don't like their chances of building on that after all of their losses that uh, Nick Nick ran through. Here's another thing to think about, especially in light of Navy's performance against BYU uh, this past week. So Dave Clawson, Wake's coach, said earlier in the week that they didn't do much tackling in practices leading up to this game because he didn't want to expose his guys to COVID and wanted to be sensitive to it. And I'm not commenting on the wisdom of that decision as it relates to exposure to COVID. But we saw what Navy looked like uh, against BYU. The first time really that they had seen contact this year, they looked like they it was the first time they had seen contact this year. They got steamrolled. Um, so Wake already is a, a, a talent disadvantage. I mean, a huge talent disadvantage. And they haven't even really practiced through contact so far this year. They're going to get a heavy dose of contact. Um, I think Clemson just rolls them. Um, I can't remember who said it, Ben or Nick, maybe even Zach. But Clemson's backups are capable of winning this game by three or four touchdowns. So uh, this gets ugly quickly. Clemson probably gets in the 50s. And for Nick's under, you just have to hope that, you know, 
they don't they don't try to go even higher and roll up 66 or 72 something crazy um but i don't think the the 33 is ever in doubt all right last acc game of the week and trust me that the, the the quality of the games falls off significantly at least from a, a p5 perspective after this uh duke travels to notre dame and again this is an acc game because notre dame is in the acc now uh over under uh 54 and a half and, excuse me, 54, and then Notre Dame minus 20. I like this game. It's not one of my locks, but I like this game um, for a couple of reasons here. I think Ian Book, if for whatever reason, doesn't get enough credit for how good he's played in South Bend. I, uh, I, I like the Irish here. Um, Duke is fine. Cutcliffe's at the perfect spot. He's done a fantastic job, and um, eventual uh, head coach replacement Matt Luke will will do just the same thing there uh, farther down the road. But yeah, I'm I'm taking Notre Dame here to cover, and uh, hell, they could cover and hit the under. I like the uh, I like the lay laying the points here as uh, what I would do for my my first move. But yeah, either. Against the spread, over, under, Notre Dame and, and, and Duke are probably mutual respect there, so uh, maybe Brian Kelly doesn't run it up, but I think Duke could, could lay 20 on him easy. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll join. I mean, I really, considered, uh, I really considered locking this one up. I actually think that, that Notre Dame is going gonna, is gonna to come out and, and look totally different. I mean, they're in the conference for the first time. They have an opportunity to make a conference title game for, I would assume, what is the first time ever. Um, I don't. Twenty is is an odd number. I mean, twenty one is kind of the key number. It's is a stay away game for me. If I was picking it, I'd probably pick Notre Dame, um, just because the talent difference is going to be there. And I understand Cliff's a good coach, but the talent's too much. And, and a lot of times when Duke comes out and against teams that are clearly more talented than they are. They can kind of get run off the field, and that's that's my concern. You know, week one things can be a little bit different, but I would take Duke here. I'm excuse me, I would take Notre Dame here if you made me. What was the uh, total you said? Uh, the total is 54. Okay, I I saw where the total is 54 and a half. 54 is fine. Um, you, I, you can get I, it at 53 and a half if you look around at the Westgate. Right, I was thinking the under is the play. Um, oh, then you want fifty four uh, and a half at Bet MGM. Yeah, right. I, I, I was going to go fifty four and a half and take the under. Look, if we're if we're doing the spread, I would take Notre Dame. I think that um, um, and Book will play well. You know, I'm interested in Chase Bryce, but um, Notre Dame's going to win and they're going to cover. Uh, but I think the the better play here for me for my money is under fifty four and a half. It, you know, just in South South Bend, I just don't I don't see it being too high scoring. You know, I've been wrong, but I think that we're we're looking at like thirty one to ten, and uh, and with Notre Dame's defense just you know outclassing Duke. Are, are you locking in the under? No, I'm not. But okay, all right, I'm not. But that's a that's what I would pick here. Well, if you won't do it, then I will. Lock in the under 
at, <laughs> at 54 or 54 and a half or whatever you can get. It bumped up to 56 and a half at one point earlier in the Pretty week, which money. I think is that's absurd. That's absurd. Cutcliffe's only shot, Duke's only shot here is to try to lengthen this game, right? I mean, he came out and ran a little triple option against Alabama, what, a couple of years ago or last year, to try to shorten that game and not get his kids <laughs> just absolutely embarrassed. He's going to do the same thing here. Notre Dame appears to be legit. I mean, in a normal year, I'd say they may be a you know playoff contender. Um, I don't know how the slotting is going to work, and they may still be a playoff contender, but um, – they really only lost players at the wide receiver position from last year's team, which was also pretty good. Um, Duke does have a transfer quarterback in, in Chase Bryce uh, from Clemson, who you know appears to be okay. And Cutcliffe is certainly a quarterback whisperer. I expect him to be competent, but he just doesn't have the skill, guys. And um, I certainly trust Notre Dame's defense more than I do Duke's wide receivers and, and running backs. I think this is ground and pound for the Irish for the most part with their extremely talented offensive line. I think they've got three or four pros um, among their starters. It's I think Ben's right. 31-10 sounds dead on to me. 35-13. I think it sells way under 54. Their name returns, by the way. They return 89% of their 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 starts. Their, excuse me, their snaps up front. I mean, just looking over the 24-7 comps, you got to a 96, a 98, and then 96 up front. I mean, the really, really talented senior, junior, sophomore, senior, senior. So uh, if there's a team that, you know, we don't really expect that could go to the playoff, I mean, uh, I hate to say it, but it could be Notre Dame. Why do you hate to say yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Nobody would hate it more than me, but I do think they're talented, and they're, <laughs> they're probably just going to line up and maul, maul Duke at the point of attack. Yeah. All right. Locks, Zach, you got one for us? I got one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lock up Kansas State, Arkansas State over 54. Uh, just some insider knowledge here. Um, I know that Arkansas State was hit hard by uh, COVID after their week one loss to Memphis. Um, so they might have some some starters, some special teams guys out, some glue guys but nevertheless, I still anticipate Blake Anderson having the offense ready. I mean, they were still able um, to contribute in that game. 61 total points, 926 total yards. Um, so they they didn't just get absolutely blasted by Memphis in that loss. Um, I still think Kansas State is, is going to help out and uh, push towards the cause in that 54. Um, you know, they're not going to just, like, absolutely – hang 60 on you um with the with the offense um slowly i guess trending towards more of what i think we expect to see from a kansas state football team um now that chris Kleiman's there and, and he's bringing a little more up upbeat a little more uh you know <laughs> 2020 style offense and not just some weird wildcat with a quarterback um I think over 54 is, is going to hit. Um, now, my lock is the over. You could probably also take K-State minus 10.5 here. Um, it feels kind of either or for me. I'm taking the, the, the over. I'm taking the points here. Um, just I think it's a nice cushion week two. Let's get back on the board. Let's get another dub up there. I think that that's fine. Over 54, Kansas State, Arkansas State. Lock it up. 
All right. Um, that's a good pick. I, I like that pick. I am um, taking Louisville minus 12 against Western Kentucky. Um, I think I think Louisville wins this one by 20-plus. I've got some hometown bias there with B. Brown as a defensive coordinator. I like Scott Satterfield. I was a proponent of him becoming the Old Miss head coach over the last several years. Um, I, I like Louisville's program. And plus, there's the added intrigue here with uh, Petrino c- coming back. So, uh, give me Louisville to cover. I like that. Yeah, and I'll add that you can get that if you shop around a little bit. You can get it at BetGM for 11 and a half. So, we're going we're gonna to lock that in. I see no reason. Uh, to not take the best the best line. So wait, I, I, I said mean, twelve minus twelve. Oh yeah, you're saying minus eleven and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean minus eleven and a half. I mean, hey, you know, now that now that thirty eight twenty six that Bill C says or or, or whatever the, said. by the hook if you get <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So now now we got it. All right, let me add in my last pick, and I trust me, Zach. I'll be honest with you. I was gonna go on the other side of your Kansas State A State bet. I like the under there. I think Kansas State is slow, methodical. Uh, I don't think Arkansas State has enough offense. But, you know, that's your thing. Uh, My second pick, (laughs) let me see if I can find it again. Uh, My second pick is in the Iowa State-Louisiana Lafayette game or or Louisiana, uh, what have you. Uh, I like under 57. Uh, Iowa State. You bastard, you took it. They return a ton on offense. They return Brock Purdy. They return 86% of their snaps at running back. But both teams return a lot of production defensively. I don't think that Louisiana Lafayette uh, will put up many points. I think they're going to – I think both teams are going to look a little sluggish to start off the season. Um, And obviously Iowa State's a lot more talented. So if they look sluggish, maybe they just turn this into a slugfest, uh, you know, a a low-scoring bruiser. I'm thinking something like a a 27, 27, 14, 27, 17 type final. Under wow. 57, and that's the best line I see. Man, you're going against the guru here. Who's that? Our man Bill C's got the got it at the over. Ooh, what does he have it at? 56 and a half. <laughs> I, he's, got, he's got the under. I got 57. I was saying his over under pick is, he says over. Oh, uh, so, yeah. Well, and if you find it at 50, if it, if, and, if, and I, see, just, I see it at 57 and a half. <laughs> and I'm just pouring on here. His win probability is only 67% for the Cyclones. So. Well, I think that's fair. I mean, I think that, I think that Louisiana is a good team. I, I think, I think Iowa State wins. I just think that it's going to be a low scoring based on, on on the defense returning so much. And also, I see at Circus Sports, I see 57 and a half. So we're going to lock it in at 57 yeah. and a half. There's also, I think, some weather concern in Ames for Saturday. Maybe oh. some wind or storms. or oh. Yeah. So. Talk dirty to me. We got to. Oh. Yeah. We, we got to. This, this thing's going on. the Cyclones for nothing. Oh. Talk, talk mm-hmm. dirty to you. Um, <laughs> yeah. We got we to also decide. Which, what are we using? Are we using SP Plus numbers this year? Because we can't just be hopping around picking different sports books 
to appease yeah, we our can. line I'm, shop. Absolutely. Make them line shop. We can. See, if you're not line shopping, you're if you're not buying the best lines you can find uh, every single week. I'm going to negative EV. I'm going to keep gonna a lose. uniform out of respect to the game. Uh, I do have a question for you, Nick. Do we think Billy Napier is going to have a, a little? I wouldn't say. I don't. I guess you can't call it a sophomore slump because it's his third year. But do you think he has a little bit? Uh, does he come back down to earth after winning eleven games last year, or do you think they're going to be all right? That's an odd deal. I mean, it's not an odd deal when he came when he didn't when he turned down all of the you know advances by SEC teams last year. He wasn't expecting a once in a hundred year pandemic would screw things up the next year. But man, you talk about a guy who who probably lost out more than anyone else in the entire yeah. country from I a sports it, perspective. Bet on yourself. Yeah, I mean, but the problem is, is that you bet on yourself, and then you, you kind of got you know kicked in the in the teeth there by this pandemic. So it might be two more years till he can get out. Be. Yeah, but he might. He must love his team because you know he I, came back. So what's he must love them. What's worse, you know social distancing and being stuck lockdown quarantine in Starkville or Acadiana, you tell me. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. All right. <laughs> Austin, you're you're up next. Uh next lock for me, I'm gonna have to shift a little here because I, I co signed the uh under completely there um with Iowa State and Lafayette. I wanna take Coastal Carolina plus seven against Kansas. Um Ooh. Coastal beat them last Ooh. year. I know there's been a lot of talk about Kansas <laughs> and revenge this year, totally but you that. you have to be capable of following through on the revenge for it to actually be a revenge game. Like, it, like this is Kansas; they're completely toothless. Coastal, by the way, only team in the country that I've been able to find that got in all of their spring practices this year before COVID. Um, they they returned seventy five percent of their overall production from last year, eighty eight percent of their offensive production. Okay, Kansas, on the other hand, returns forty two percent of its production. And I know in Kansas's case, that might not be a bad thing because they're generally not very good. But um, this is basically a worse version of the team that lost to this Charlotte team last year, and now Charlotte's catching a touchdown because we're supposed to be scared of Kansas and quote-unquote revenge, it's not going to happen. I think Coastal probably wins outright, but I'm definitely taking the points. Give me the seven. That's spicy. I like that. Can you guys name the Chanticleers head coach? Uh, They had a a former Wall Street CEO retired. I couldn't tell. Like Mangione or or Manglione. I forgot about that guy. I can't tell you who it is now, though. No idea. So it is one Jamie Chadwell, which Jamie Chadwell oh. is the most like Vanderbilt name ever. Um, <laughs> he coached one year at Delta State. How about that? Ah, uh, see, pedigree. Wait, did he come straight from <laughs> Delta State? No way. No, he was at Charleston Southern, where he won ten games twice, and then fifteen total in the other two years he was there. So not bad. Well, I mean, I, not bad. Yeah, I've always said nobody rallies the guys like Jamie Chatwell. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess I got my last lock. Is that correct here? That's right, Nicholas. All right. This one is another. Just feels like easy money either way. Um, Texas UTEP. I'm going over 58. Texas. You know, it's it's. Fucking hook them and, and VFL. Those are the two things we hear every single offseason. It's always Texas is back and Tennessee is back. Um, 
all jokes aside, Sam Ellinger is back, and uh, they have a talented, experienced defense. I'm not so sure that Tom Herman has them back yet. I still don't think that they're for real, but UTEP sure as hell ain't, and uh, they're going to put it on them. The, uh, I guess the, the line that I see here per our boy Bill is 43 to the Longhorns. So you could lay them. You could go over 58, either or. Uh, the win probability here is 100. So this is just easy money. So lock it up, Texas UTEP over 58. Okay, cool. Right. <laughs> yeah, not not the greatest slate of games, but it is a full slate of games. There is a college game day. So soak it up. Two yeah. weeks away from from real big boy football getting back with the SEC, and what a slate it is! I love it. This is this is this is fun, guys. It's it's good to be back in studio. It's good to be talking, gambling. This is uh, we made it. We we have trudged along all summer, and we are finally here, fellas. Uh, it, it's a pleasure to be back doing business with you and the listeners as well. So uh, we are. Four and four right now. We've got two locks here. Um, next week we're going to pick up the pace and go three. We're going to get back to normal. Been a couple, couple light slates as Nick was alluding to. It's it's not the best, but it's college football. So we'll get back to our regular three locks next week to make y'all some more money, gentlemen. Y'all got anything else before we head out? Nah. Enjoy, enjoy the games. It's back. All right. That's going to do it for the Legal Gambling Council Week 2. You've got UAB Miami tonight. You've got NFL with Deshaun Watson versus Pat Mahomes. Uh, we have we have finally made it to the, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. So, everybody stay safe out there. Be smart. And, uh, hey, when I say be smart, listen to the locks. So, for Austin, for Ben, for Nick, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank you all for listening. We out.